I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This, as most of you know by now, is our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World, where we talk about the markets, we talk about what we're investing in, and some of the crazy stuff going on all around us. There is always crazy stuff going on all around us. A little bit more this week than the usual. This week, we're going to talk about Cryptopocalypse. We're not just going to talk about Cryptopocalypse. We're going to bring in our expert. I am no expert. Nick is a little better at it. But we have someone that is very well versed, has done phenomenal with these types of markets in the past. I'm excited to have him on and ask some of your favorite questions. We're going to get into the dollar being toppy, near-term weakness. Long story short there, we told you so. What comes next? Gold has some life. Silver, silver squeeze, we'll talk about that. Copper, we'll talk about copper and we'll touch on the midterms just a tad bit. Mr. Hodge, how goes it? Never a dull moment. Do you feel safer? Is our democracy in, 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 in more secure hands now that we've had the midterm elections? How are you feeling about everything? <laughs> oh my gosh, um, I feel pretty good. I was never really worked up about it. So. Waves and tsunamis of different colors, uh, whatever they were supposed to be. Uh, no, I think it, it went pretty smoothly. Um, the, I mean, I guess you want to get into it right away. The only two things that stuck out to me were I can't believe the, the Georgia Senate race is as close as it was. Uh, Herschel Walker is incredible to me. And then Miss um, <laughs> Lauren Boebert, I just was laughing at something she said because... Um, at one of her rallies this week or last week or something, yeah, I guess it was last week, she was saying, how many how many ARs would Jesus have owned? And she said, not enough to keep his government from killing him. <laughs> and I just laughed. Hopefully other people can laugh at that. You're welcome, everybody. I hope you're all getting prepared for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Welcome uh, to Investing in Bizarro World, everybody. That is the kind of week that it was. Um, let, let, let's get right into the market, Nick. The most, I think, consequential um, asset class, speculative one at that, if you want to call it an asset class, is the cryptopocalypse that's going on. I mean, we're taking billions of dollars of personal, quote unquote, fortune and wealth and it's 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 gone from billions to a dollar and look jokes aside about cryptopocalypse and i'm looking forward to having our expert on here in a little bit but jokes aside there's some real carnage out there and it's been a tough week for a lot of people that were going to the moon that were over leveraged that were trading on margin that refinanced their home because experts told them to um, a lot of real pain. So I don't mean to minimize the real world effect, especially for the people that were gambling with real money, um, not house money, not fund money, but real money. People that withdrew money from their 401ks, refinanced their homes, and now they're stuck with, you know, maybe an adjustable rate of seven, eight percent. And oh, by the way, all the money's gone, right? Um, real pain there, but is there an opportunity? I'm not an expert in this. Um, you dabble more. You've actually bought some Bitcoin in the past. You've dabbled in the space a bit. Um, what are your thoughts on it? What, 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 what? I mean, yeah, I think there will be an opportunity. And like you say, I don't want to steal all the thunder from Chris Curl, who we'll have on here in a little bit. But, um, you know, I do think Bitcoin is going to six figures over the next five years. I've told you that. And so 
Um, conversely, I think that it needs to print a 14 handle sustainably. You know, it, it sort of flashed there this week um, on the FTX cartridge. Um, and I, I queued up the screen, but I didn't buy any. I, I want to see it. You know, there needs to be a washout. There were still people rushing in to buy the dip. And yeah. that's not how that's not how markets bottom. Like everybody wasn't scared enough, despite all the money that's been lost that you talked about. So, um yeah, I, I own Bitcoin. I continue to own Bitcoin, and, and I will buy more. But it's going to go to fourteen thousand dollars, maybe not on the nose, but it's going to go to the fourteen thousand dollar range. And when it does, I'll be buying it. Um, it probably would have gone there today, as we record this, you know, uh, on a Thursday. Except we got the CPI number, which we'll talk about, which, like you said, makes everything awesome again. So, um, if it weren't for that, um, which is going to be short lived, and we can get into it. Um, I think you would see, be seeing a more extended fallout from from all that stuff, right? So, um, anyway, those those are my thoughts. Yeah, there's a long term opportunity. I think you see more weakness though still before uh, that opportunity comes to fully to fruition. Well, again, not to steal Chris's thunder, but I know he believes there's not just an opportunity in Bitcoin, but there's an opportunity to use this meltdown. Um, to position yourself for tenfold, twentyfold, thirtyfold gains once it plays out. So I am excited to speak with him. I've yet to buy myself a Bitcoin. If it touches fourteen, I may have to go flirt, hold hands, maybe even a little kiss behind the neck there with Bitcoin because that's incredibly attractive to me at fourteen thousand. It's a good value, and and yeah, I've got half a uh, Bitcoin in my safe. So. And he talks about that in his uh, letter. He helped me do that. It's not on an exchange and really we're stealing all the, all the crypto content. But um, yeah, I have mine on, a, on a, um, a hard wallet, they call it. So it's in the safe next to my next to my precious metals. It's not it can't go away. You can't not let me withdraw it from an exchange that collapses. It's mine. It's in my possession. So well, we'll ask uh, him how to do that for sure, because I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of people waking up today that are looking around going, what happened to my money? What happened to yeah. my investment? What happened to my speculation? Where's my Bitcoin? Uh, where's and, my Solana? Where's my Dogecoin? Whatever it is that you had. I know, you know, even internally, um, someone that works with us had some questions about, you know, the potential scammers out there and the scams to look out for. And, you know, again, we'll make sure to ask Chris all these questions because he's a wealth of information in this space. And you mentioned other coins there, which I really don't dabble in. So he'll talk about those, the Solanas and, and the altcoins that you said he has. Um, you know, uh, he thinks have 10x potential. I don't really pay any attention to those at all. So it's I'm a Bitcoin maxi, if, if that's the thing. <laughs> I'll ask him about the mommies and the poppies and the full swaps and the unicorns. We're going to ask Chris all the tough questions. Overall markets, we had a CPI print that was, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was like 0.2% less than where we thought it was going to come in. And I mean, the orgy broke out, right? It was just an orgy of buy-in. Everything was up. The NASDAQ was up 3%. The Dow, the S&P, um, everything just roared, right? Including, including, we'll get into this here in a second, but I want to start with the major indices, including gold, including silver, including copper, and including energy. Let's leave that for our next topic, but let's get into the major indices. I say it every week. You've been spot on about calling head fakes and bear market traps. What do you take this recent rally as? And, and mind you, this is Thursday, November 10th. We're recording this. We just had an 1100 point rally in the Dow. Um, head fake, bear, 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 yeah. bear, 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 bear bounce. I shorted the NASDAQ today um, in my personal account. Yeah. Um, so the, the narrative is this, right? The bullish narrative is, oh, look, 
Inflation's coming down. The Fed is not going to have to hike as much, um, you know, quote unquote pivot or quote unquote dovishness. Um, and, and, and that's going to lead to lower rates and a lower dollar, which is going to allow stocks to go higher and allow precious metals to go higher. You mentioned gold. But uh, um, the fact of the matter, at least as I see it, is that that's, it's going to be short lived. So facts. It's all yeah. about sentiment, Nick. It's about yeah, the narrative and the story. It's not about yeah. facts, is it? No, I mean, <laughs> you had the dollar pulling back to, to sort of support in the in the 108 or 109 level. It's it's going to bounce off that. It's going to go uh, back above um, 110. I'm convinced. Um, if you look back at the previous cycles of, of the of the dollar uh, bull market in the uh, 1980s and the, in the early 2000s, uh, we're only about you know halfway through uh, the level of elevation it saw back then. The dollar still has a lot higher to go. Nothing really changed. Um, you know, you say you know inflation is what 0.02 off what, what the expectations were. I mean, um, it's still well over seven percent. The Fed is still going to hike in December, which is the next point I wanted to make. Um, you know, if it's a 50 point, 50 basis point hike, you know, so be it. They're still hiking rates um, and likely will again in January. And so, um, oh, by the way, uh, the market is finally getting the message that, you know, earnings are going to be abysmal in Q4. I finally saw that, um, you know, market expectations are for negative earnings, which means that Q3 was the last quarter of positive earnings for the S&P. I mean, you know, can you make up negative earnings on volume? No, <laughs> Meta just laid off 13% of its staff this week. It's like, no, this is that's not how things bottom, right? Um, there's still a lot of, of trouble to work through. So, um, yeah, and, and everything just gapped up, which means that now there's a gap to fill back to the downside, right? And, and they're going to get filled down here in the next couple of weeks. I think you're 100% right. Let's get <laughs> let, 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 let's get right into the metals. Gold put in a nice rally. Silver put in a nice rally. I mentioned copper as well. Um, we can't talk about those metals without talking about the dollar. You said 108 was support for the dollar. We said a couple of weeks ago that we thought near term, and we said weeks, not months. We said near term, the dollar looked a little toppy. And sure enough, it's come down from 115 to 113, where we called that. It's down at the 108 level right now. I agree with you 100%, by the way. I think this is going to bounce, and I think it's going to bounce pretty impressively. I think you can see a 113 and a 115 within the next four to six weeks again. And then that's when we really need to start paying attention to real policy, not sentiment and not narrative. Because if the dollar breaks out past the 115 level, there's a lot of blue sky left there when you look at a chart, right? That has the potential to do some severe damage, especially to overseas economies that are that are like like a lot of the crypto traders, you know, borrowing on margin and hoping for lower rates. And anything past the 115 level is going to cause a lot of chaos. Let's see where that plays out. With all that being said, Mr. Hodge, let's get to gold. Let's get to silver. I know one's an industrial metal. One is a precious metal. Let's start with gold. Your take there. Um, well, you can chart them together, though. So um, I, I'll just do that for you, I guess, in, in real time. Um, gold spiked right up to sort of what was uh, its previous support, right? Or almost there. I mean, it's in, uh, where did it close today? 1758, 1760. Um, it really needs to get convincingly to the 1780s and stay there. Um, and that's a tough road to hoe. I mean, 
priced. It was just at sixteen hundred bucks like a, a week ago, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For it to add a uh, hundred and eighty bucks in, in a couple of weeks, with uh, especially if the dollar is going to turn back around and rates are going to turn back around, which I think they are, um, I'm not so sure it's going to have the strength to do that, especially knowing that we closed. Um, the third quarter below the level that it needed to close at. So, um, you know, uh, I'm a long-term gold bull, but I think in the, in the short term, that four to six week time frame that you mentioned, I think both um, gold and silver turned back around. I took the liberty this week to peel out of a, a personal Hecla position that I had. Yep. Um, I was selling um, uh, Franco Nevada, which we've been in since 2018 and, and foundational profits this morning. That's a triple um, digit win, right? Pound your chest was, a little bit. It was 125% since uh, the middle of 2018. Yeah, we yeah. bought it at the absolute low at 60 some dollars, Franco Nevada. Yeah. Um, triple and, digits during a consolidation like this one isn't bad. That's right. Well, the S&P was up, I think, 40 some percent at the same time. Um, well, yeah. we bought another gold stock. So I guess I'll give you a freebie. I mean, there has been some, you know, there's some moving and shaking going on in the gold space, you know, technicals mm-hmm. aside, dollar aside, you had a, a, a bit of a bidding war for Yamana, right? Yeah. You, know, you had the yeah. gold fields offer sort of fall through at Pan American, um, come in there with Agnico to get uh, the Malartic portion uh, of their assets. And then you had Triple Flag, which I've been watching for a long, long time. Um, wanting to buy shares and it's been sort of getting weaker and weaker, but that's a really high quality company, I think, with some really high quality assets in this portfolio, something like 15 or 16 producing precious metal assets. Come out and buy MMX. Uh, uh, Maverick. Maverick, excuse yep. me. Yes, thank you. Yes, um, which I've been watching for a long time as well. So, um, you know, why not take this gold rally opportunity to sell Franco Nevada, lock in those profits, roll it into to triple flag. I'm pretty sure this deal is going to go through, unlike the Yamana one that took a while to go through, because um, on the on the Maverick side, it's, you know, 57% owned by its uh, officers and directors and by Newmont um, and by paid Americans. So um, anyway, it, that's a long term move, though. That's not saying I think triple flag is going to rip in in the next four to six weeks. But, you know, if I can get 125% in two years, like I did in a couple of years, like I just did with um, Franco, then that makes all the sense in the world. But, um, you know, in the short term, I, I think this is a head fake rally for, for gold and, and for the indices for the, for the reasons that we've already covered. I agree with you. So folks, just to make things clear, we're long-term and then midterm, I think, without putting words in your mouth, Nick, uh, gold bulls, but near-term, I agree with Mr. Hodge. I think it's a head fake. I think you're going to see a round trip down to the $1,600 level, coinciding with a much higher dollar here soon. Same with copper. Let's just knock that out. Yep. I mean, um, you know, long-term bull on copper, but in, in the short term, you know, I don't think it breaks out much further than it is now. I can pull up that chart for you as well while I ramble about China, um, which everybody is talking about. Oh, they're going to ease the lockdown. It's like, no, man, the cases have been growing there in the past week. And yeah, this, this, this copper price, it needs to really, um, you know, break out north of like 385, let's call it $3. And then 420 is the next stop. Yeah. And it's only at, (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. Um, It's only at, it's only at 379. So yeah, you're not going to get that either, especially with, let's not forget we're heading into a global recession. You know, it was just last week we were talking about the most inverted yield curve we've ever seen, right? The 10 year, three month was inverted for fuck's sake. Um, Pardon my language. Like that doesn't end like 
with a with a one uh, lowered expectation CPI print. Like that's not how that works, man. I absolutely agree. Uh, we talked crypto. We talked about what we're going to ask our expert Chris about cryptos. We talked the dollar. We talked the major indices. We talked copper. We talked gold. We talked silver a bit. Um, Let's let's get into the midterms before we bring Chris on, right? And get sure. back to the crypto apocalypse that's going on. I joked about the midterms because outside of a few, you know, consequential votes, I I, I really am, am so apathetic during this midterm election. There's a couple of issues that are near and dear to me and I voted that way. Um, but outside of that, I just kind of looked at it and kind of chuckled, you know? Again, I keep saying if I could short I could create an ETF product that allows me to short politicians on all sides. I absolutely would right now and sleep at peace knowing that that would play, pay off beautifully within the next couple of years. So look, the Biden camp is celebrating because it thinks it didn't do as bad as it was going to do. The right seems to be done from both the media perspective and from a party perspective with some of Donald Trump's antics. That's interesting to me. Anytime I see the New York Post as aggressive to the negative side on Donald Trump. And then I see Trump lash out at DeSantis in Florida. And then I see some of the other candidates that Mr. Trump endorsed lose pretty handily. Um, that's interesting to watch just as an observer, not that I have you know a dog or a horse in the race, um, just as an observer, the change there in sentiment is very interesting to me. Everybody's waiting to see if the Trumpster runs again. He said he's got a big announcement in a couple of weeks. It'll be, I'm curious to see where that goes. But look, outside of that, the bottom line, in my opinion, Nick, is that you could just expect more gridlock, right? I mean, that, that, that's really all that the election said. Expect more gridlock, less to get done. Mr. Biden's done some good things. We've talked a couple, about a couple of the, you know, not appropriately named uh, bills that he signed into law, but some good things inside those bills. He also keeps wanting to shake hands with nobody and walking the wrong way and calling out for dead people. So you got to call the good with the bad. Kamala is probably one of the worst VPs we've ever had in the history of America. Um, that's saying a lot. Maybe not the worst, maybe inactive. I would say inactive. Let's call it, Let's call that that. And then, you know, the right, I mean, the right does what it always does, except I do see a sentiment shift there about the direction of the party. And that may be a positive thing for all sides of the political spectrum. If we can get back to disagreeing civilly and work on legislating as a country as opposed to bickering and just pandering to our fan base. That's my, that's my rant on the midterms. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty agnostic as well. So I don't have a lot to add there. I split my ticket here for our Senate and, and House races. Neither of the people I voted for won. Um, <laughs> and I didn't Same. For, for a lot of the other you know local races because I didn't know the candidates. So um, what what was interesting to me um, on a national basis, first of all, cannabis, uh, Maryland passed legal cannabis, Missouri passed uh, legal recreational cannabis, though it still got rejected in the Dakotas. So and Arkansas uh, not winning popular support in some really red states. Um, but we'll see how that goes um, in the coming years. Um, tax the rich is, is something I, I should mention. Did you see that that passed in in? what we're now referring to as Taxachusetts, um, a surcharge basically. On For being a millionaire. Yeah. And well, if you make more than $1 million in a year, just an added tax that was voted in for the people, which uh, I'm not necessarily on board with. A similar measure was on the ballot in California and that did fail. And um, Governor Newsom, who won re-election, was opposed to that 
um, you know, windfall tax or tax the rich proposition or, or whatever you want to call it. But see, um, he does something right sometimes. Yep. <laughs> amazing to me that you can just, you know, well, not amazing that you can put something on the ballot, but amazing to me that people will just vote for um, taxing the rich where, you know, I'm thoroughly in favor of, of equality and not, um, you know, a, a percentage, not a, not a not an added percentage because you make a certain amount. So um, and also because, you know, I don't necessarily think the government's the best steward of that capital once they get it anyway. So um, anyway, there's still that sort of tax the rich sentiment out there. And, and I think that's all I got on the um, midterms. Maryland elected its first um, black governor. Um, New York was the first female governor. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize that. So a couple of firsts going around. Um, but Pennsylvania, that, first female black senator in Pennsylvania, I believe. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And Fetterman, um, I think that's his name. Yeah, squeaked it out over uh, the doctor that lived there from New Jersey. So there you go. Is he a doctor, though? <laughs> <laughs> doctor. <laughs> All right, listen, I, again, the carnage this week was most definitely in the crypto space. Um, you know, even with the rally that we had, the 1200 point rally that we had in the Dow today, and gold surging and silver surging and copper surging. Uh, the crypto space didn't really participate in any meaningful way. I want to introduce Mr. Chris Curl, who is our in-house expert on all things cryptocurrencies. I know that a lot of people asked to have Mr. Curl here. Chris, an absolute delight to have you. I bet yeah. you've had a hell of a week, sir. I don't know <laughs> any cryptos. I'm like, oh, shit, what's going well, on? Good, good for you, Gerardo. <laughs> Every now and then I get one right, Chris. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> let, let's, so let's start with what happened, right? Um, so, Chris, we mentioned uh, a little bit about the crypto carnage this week. Gerardo was calling it the, the crypt- crypto apocalypse. Yeah, crypto apocalypse. Um, but we didn't really get into the, the nuts and bolts of FTX, what FTX was, who SPF is. Um, so give us the rundown on, on what sort of happened over the past week. Sure. Well, it, it looks like SPF might indeed be the devil. Uh, right. I was asking that Sam question. Sam Bankman-Fried, right? <laughs> Sam Bankman-Fried, yeah. So, uh, I mean, this was the guy who was out there lobbying politicians uh, and regulators in Washington, D.C. He was pushing for, you know, crypto industry regulations. At the same time, he was over in the Bahamas basically running what looked like a Ponzi scheme. Uh, mismanaging customer deposits and possibly even transferring them over to his uh, quantitative investing from Alameda, where they were doing leverage trading of crypto assets and stocks and bailing out crypto lending platforms, etc. Uh, but yeah, he got his start fairly recently. I mean, he was only 30 years old. Um, and when he started, uh, the CEO of the world's largest crypto exchange, Binance, his name is uh, Jingpeng Zhao. He's known as CZ. Uh, he was an early investor in FTX, and he was kind of friends with uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. Things are still friends? <laughs> uh, well, they were at one time. Obviously, that relationship soured, or they were never friends to begin with. And this was all a brilliant plot by CZ uh, to to take him down from the beginning. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah. refresh people's memory. What 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 is FTX? Why why should people recognize that? Um, uh, what 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 was it? And and didn't we see some famous commercials for that recently? <laughs> well, sure. During, they had a big ad campaign dur- during the Super Bowl where they had Larry David 
kind of pooing on all of the major innovations over the last, you know, thousand years. And at the end of the ad, he kind of pooes <laughs> on FTX and says, eh, I don't think so. You know, I'm never wrong about this sort of thing. So it looks like Larry David may have been right in the end. He's he's always right. He's always right. He's wiser than he looks at any rate. Um, so listening to, but but yeah, FTX is ba was basically either the number two or number three largest exchange in the world uh, just, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and CZ was a big initial investor in it. Um, so back, uh, I think, so it started in 2019, uh, CZ invested a, a ton of money, you know, to get the whole thing started. Uh, and then I think the relationship soured. CZ kind of saw FTX as kind of a legitimate competitor. And uh, back in May of last year, FTX applied for a license in Gibraltar for a subsidiary and they had to you know, submit a bunch of information about its shareholders. Uh, and CZ and Binance basically stonewalled all their requests for information. Uh, they owned, I think, I think they owned something like 20% of FTX. Um, so in July of uh, <laughs> last year of 2021, SBF bought back all of CZ's stake at a cost of about $2 billion. And a lot of that was paid using FTX's native token FTT, um, you know, which is used as an exchange token on the platform. And earlier this week, CZ announced kind of out of the blue that he was selling all of his holdings of that FTT token. And he referenced the Terra Luna collapse that happened earlier in the year as one of the, the reasons for doing so. He didn't want the liability of holding FTT because uh, they held, uh, you know, the, the Terra token uh, earlier in the year when that collapsed. And they obviously lost a ton of money holding that. Um, like real money. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, billions of dollars. I yeah. Imagine. Uh, so that didn't exactly inspire investor confidence in either FTX or their or their native token. So it kind of triggered a bit of a uh, bank run on the exchange. Uh, and, and that caused a major liquidity crunch because obviously FTX was being funny with their customer reserves and uh, right. on, on the platform. So many customers were not able to get their funds off of the platform. And less than two days after that announcement, SBF got on Twitter and said that a letter of intent had been issued for Binance to purchase FTX pending due diligence. Couple so of that kind of uh, buoyed the markets a little bit. They were able to recover. Like people thought, oh, maybe CZ is going to bail out FTX and everything's going to be okay. And then a day later, CZ announced uh, that after doing the due diligence, he determined that FTX was in too big of a mess to save and he just bailed out of the deal. And so that's what yesterday caused all the panic selling. Everybody freaked out uh, and the price of Bitcoin fell below $16,000. And uh, a lot of other crypto assets uh, went with it. Um, so Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX have a, a research. Their uh, investing firm Alameda had huge holdings of FTT. And they were also huge investors in Solana and the Sol token. So that, you know, trying to meet, you know, these liquidity demands caused the price of FTT to collapse from $28 or $26 to almost $2.00. In a matter of a few days, and Seoul sold off massively as well from uh, 
$38 down to almost $12. And that's unfortunate because it really didn't have anything to do with the Solana ecosystem. It was just that so much of the, the token was wrapped up in this Alameda uh, research uh, investment firm. And then they had to sell a lot of that off. So that was kind of, I think that was a pretty good buying opportunity for Seoul because it just, it, it hit so low and that was kind of an artificial dump. But uh, yeah, the whole thing is is really sketchy and, and all the details are playing out. Um, but yeah, it basically looks like the Alameda research had lost a ton of its money uh, in recent months just with the market downturn and all the deleveraging that was happening in the space. And they, they had given huge loans out to some of the failing lending platforms like Voyager Digital earlier in the year. Um, so Sam Bankman-Fried had taken at least $4 billion in FTX funds and transferred them to Alameda to kind of shore them up. And it looks like a lot of these funds may have been customer funds. Yeah, yeah which, which is just wildly unethical. Um, That's and one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, SBF didn't, apparently didn't even tell the company executives that he had he was doing these things. Uh, and I think that CZ figured out what he was doing and uh, was like, hey, I'm not going to do any more business with this guy. And at the same time, this is going to be the kill shot to take out, you know, one of my top competitors in the crypto space. So he kind of killed two birds with one stone there. Uh, it, and, and this is going to have far reaching effects. I mean, so so CZ is now advocating for a proof of reserves for all crypto exchanges so that customers know their deposits are safe. I think that's going to be a really good precedent that Binance sets. Uh, other exchanges are going to follow that. But uh, yeah, the the fallout from this is is ongoing. And uh, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people have had, you know, this is it's very unwise, but a lot of people had like all of their money, all of their savings on this FTX exchange because they thought it was regulated. They thought it was safe. It had all the celebrities behind it. Um, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong with the well, celebrities I mean, behind Tom Brady, it? You know, <laughs> and Giselle. What else do you need? Uh, but okay. yeah, it. it uh, I, mean, I, I hope people Brady. are able to. This is probably going to be going on for a long time. The fallout from this is going to be bad. Regulator regulators are are already you know probing into uh, FTX in a major way. The SEC is probing into them in a major way. Let me It'll put my JP Morgan top hat on, right? Let me put my JP Morgan top hat on, right? There's <laughs> yeah. blood on the streets. Where are the opportunities, Chris? You're the expert. I have yet to buy a Bitcoin, a crypto coin, a Muniswap, a Poppy, a Mami, or whatever the heck is out there, right? Never bought any of it. Haven't tinkered with it. Got close to buying a little Bitcoin. Decided to wait it out. Not because I'm smart, just because I got busy with a million other things. But whenever there's carnage and blood in the streets, there is always opportunity. What coins are you prioritizing your research and, 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 and what coins are you watching for, you know, certain levels to get in there and capitalize on the carnage and the, the, the blood on the streets? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, yesterday was a tremendous buying opportunity because <laughs> the markets have already rebounded significantly. Um, and we were buying some things for the uh, crypto cycle portfolio this morning early on because uh, I kind of saw an entry point, uh, particularly in, you know, I mean, people probably want to throw a shoe at me 
at this point for recommending Solana because I've been talking about it for a year and the price of that along with most crypto assets have been just going down pretty, uh, you know, substantially. But I did uh, this with lithium and uranium for three, four years. And, you know, <laughs> some of those stocks are triple and quadruple digit gains. Now, that's just the way the game is. It's cyclical. And that's why I asked the question, right? There is nothing wrong with averaging down if the fundamentals are, 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 are structurally sound. And, and that's really what I want to dig into, Chris. Where do you see value after this massive sell-off? Yeah, well, Solana was one of the main players because I think its value was artificially, you know, brought down by the Alameda liquidity crunch that happened. So I was definitely buying that up. That fell as low as it almost hit $12, which is extraordinary when you consider a year ago it was at like $280. And that uh, ecosystem is still being developed uh, Solana is doing a lot of things. I don't think it's going to zero. I think they're going to come out of this bear market and be one of the few players that exist, um, you know, in the next crypto bull market. Obviously, Bitcoin and Ethereum, anytime you can get a really good entry point on those, pull the trigger because those aren't going away. Those are, you know, crypto blue chips. So, you know, I was buying Bitcoin and Ethereum as well. That's a total no brainer if those dip low enough, you know, buy up. Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, but yeah, it's a really tough, uh, really tough crypto winter bear market. You know, this is what separates the wheat from the chaff when you have kind of a free market system like crypto is. When you get a recession, when you get a bear market, it wipes out all the weak players, all the scammers get taken out. And a lot of these current crypto projects that we saw, you know, have massive valuations in 2021. You know, they might not ever see those all time highs again. You know, a lot of the, the biggest plays are going to be things that come out over the next six months, things that people are currently building that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on the markets for, uh, because all it takes is one or two plays in the right crypto project early on. And it more than makes up for whatever losses you've had over the last year or two. Now, we're going to make sure to put a link to your service. So I don't want to have you give away the levels at which you think these coins are attractive. But I encourage anybody that's reading this or watching this, listening to this, um, to, to, to look at Chris's background and, 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 and really decide if you're investing or speculating in any kind of significant shape, fashion, form, way, uh, it might be worth reading this gentleman's material. Can you tell people a little bit about how you came to work with us and provide us your expertise, Chris? in the crypto space, given that one for me, I know very little next to nothing of cryptos. And Nick, though more experienced, uh, certainly has his uh, his many irons in the fire outside of the crypto space. Let's just put it that way, right? Well, sure. Yeah, it's been mainly through my relationship with Nick, who I've known for years. Um, and he, he's been a guy who's smart enough to have recognized some of the profit potential in Bitcoin over the years, going back many years. Um, and, you know, we were just talking about crypto. I was kind of showing off some of my gains last year in the crypto space. And, uh, and you know, it got us talking more and more about uh, the profit potential of cryptocurrencies and how, how the space is not going away. And even though we're currently in a bear market, uh, you know, going into the next bull market, there, there's really not any sector where you can see the kind of gains that you can in, in cryptocurrencies. Um, tell, tell them about those gains, Chris. I know you're being modest and humble here, but I want people to kind of crystallize what the potential is here when you get a bloodbath like we've had in the past week. Like, What kind of upside do you see 
And and not just do you see, but what kind of upside have you had personally? Dabbling well, I mean, I've in personally markets? had 90x plus gains uh, on well on Dogecoin. I'll just <laughs> I bought that very early on. I kind of saw that as as do you know. And crypto, when you're in a crypto bull market, all the gains are almost entirely speculative. It's very much like a casino. But if you get in on one or two or three decent plays, 50x, 100x gains are very much possible. I mean, some people have had gains way larger than that. I haven't been lucky enough yet. But yeah, I mean, I've had multiple plays that that were over 70x uh, in gains and a five to 10 X gain in crypto during a bull market is amateur hour. So that's why it really is, is important to just study, you know, where in the cycle are we and uh, you know, when to really start deploying capital and getting into the right projects. So you can see these gains and, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, this is like, I always say it's super speculative. You shouldn't be mortgaging your house and putting the money into cryptocurrencies, but if you've got some extra money, if you've been making money on, you know, some of your and Nick's recommendations or whatever, and you just want to, you know, you don't want to pay taxes on it. You want to throw it into something fun and speculative. Crypto is a really cool way to, you know, really magnify those gains in a major way in a bull market. Obviously, I think we've got about six months to go until we pull out of this crypto winter. Uh, but that said, when we have a major crisis, a panic selling like we had yesterday, that's always a good time to buy select projects. Um, that are fairly conservative plays. Once we get into a bull market, we're going to get way more speculative because uh, that's where the big gains are. People did mortgage their houses. Um, and and Gerardo was talking about that before we brought you on and had that money on uh, FTX, which um, froze withdrawals. Do you know if they've reopened withdrawals? Are people able to get their money out or is it still locked? Well, it, it appears to be largely frozen still. I think they're opening up withdrawals for some people. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they determine who gets the money and who doesn't. That's going to well, help credibility moving forward. <laughs> if, if they have the money at all, right? I mean, that was, um, I think well, I saw. SBF is asking for like $8 billion, I think, right now to shore right. up the reserve and meet requests. I mean, it was a, a, the exchange FTX was valued earlier this week at like $32 billion. And, um, and then what and, happened? And then in the discussions this week, they were giving it a $1 price tag. <laughs> I mean, that, it's, it's incredible to me. I mean, SBF personally, I think lost uh, five or $6 billion. Um, in his, well, in his, he, he in was worth $17 billion a week ago and now he's filing for bankruptcy. Right. Um, I don't know what money, if he has money in an offshore account or whatever. Do you think he's going to jail? I was telling my wife last night, who has no idea about any of this stuff, right? So I was explaining to her what happened. And, she's, and this is what she said. He's either going to kill himself or go to jail, right? Well, there is a third option. I hope he can afford good security. Well, yeah. I mean, he might just stay in his, I think he has like a, you know, penthouse apartment in the Bahamas with his roommates. He's just playing a lot of League of Legends and maybe taking a lot of Adderall right now. Just dealing the best he can with whatever's going on. <laughs> but you might want to get those windows reinforced, buddy. <laughs> Just yeah, saying. Exactly. <laughs> may want to get blackout curtains at any rate. So it's worth putting a finer point on a couple of things. Um, we don't know all the details yet. The smoke is still clearing, but it seems like he was using customer funds to invest in, you know, other projects. You know, for a while, he was the lender of last resort all year while you know all these other things were crashing and burning while 
that crypto winter was getting colder and he was stepping in and saying, I'll back that, I'll back that. And it was like, well, where's this guy getting the money? And then a couple of weeks ago, Chris, you and I were talking and I said, you know, I've been reading a couple short reports, you know, guys who have made a lot of money shorting things over the years. And they're starting to say, this guy's like a, a, a fraud basically. And yeah, you uh, called it Nick. And you, well, no, I, you know, I told you to look into it and then, yeah. and then you did and you wrote an article and said, um, which you started talking about the, at the beginning here, you know, is Sam Bankman free the devil? You, you wrote that article a couple of weeks ago. And, and that's the, the other thing I wanted to say is um, not only in crypto cycle have you been, you know, recommending things and, and alerting people to new projects, but also helping avoid the pitfalls, for example. I mean, you tell them, uh, your subscribers, your readers, what exchanges to, to hold these things are and, and what sort of wallets to use. and. That certainly one of them hasn't been FTX. I haven't seen you write about that at all. Um, so I don't know if you want to add anything there. But the other thing I was telling Gerardo is that, you know, my Bitcoin is in my possession. And you helped me do that as well. It's I don't have any Bitcoin on any online exchange anymore. It's all right. on um, what's called a hard wallet that is in my safe along with, you know, other hard assets. And I Like help, bullets. I could <laughs> I couldn't help but notice yesterday that when all this you know carnage was going down, that ledger was was trending on on social media networks. So you want to talk about that for a little bit? Well, yeah. Uh, in full disclosure, I did. I think it was back in June. I wrote an article uh, about FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried uh, because that was when he was kind of bailing out all the lending platforms that were failing. Um, and I, I never recommended using the FTX exchange, uh, but I kind of was exploring the FTT token as a potential speculative investment. Once we come out of this bear market, uh, I never bought any or, or recommended currently purchasing any. And obviously I don't recommend buying it now, uh, you know, as more information has come to light. Um, so I, I've recommended Coinbase, which is a safe exchange and Brian Armstrong, I, I generally trust him. Uh, he he's not playing with, uh, you know, customer money. And I also have recommended from the very beginning and shown people how to set up a, a DeFi wallet, which is your own, you know, uses your own keys. Only you have access to it. That way, if you're intending on holding something for a long time, you're probably going to want to put it on this DeFi wallet and not keep it on a centralized exchange because you never know if you're going to be able to get your funds off like we're, we're seeing with FTX. Some people have their whole net worth on that exchange they might not ever get the money back or it might take like the mount gox hack it might take eight years you know for a settlement to be reached and then you only get a fraction of what you had on there um and to be even more secure you can move your crypto onto a hardware wallet which uh, removes your assets completely from you know any internet connection uh onto a physical device that you can store in a safe or a safety deposit box and that's what we've done we did a, a video highlighting that this summer um, for Nick, because, you know, in bear markets, because I, I knew this is when sketchy. stuff starts collapsing and you want to, yeah, you want to make sure you got your money in a safe place, your crypto in a safe place, because you can't have it, you know, in the hands of a guy like Sam Bankman Freed, because obviously he's going to take it and go, go speculate with it uh, without you knowing. Yeah. His, la his last name was Freed. <laughs> well, I've heard all sorts of times, you know, Sam Bank Run Freed. Sam Bankrupt fried, all this sort of stuff. He Sam, might, bank, Sam bankrupt fraud is the one. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. All sorts he of stuff might soon out. need to be freed. 
we're going to wrap up here because um, it's getting to the, you know, our, our typical time where, where we wrap up. But before we do, um, you mentioned Coinbase and, you know, I've seen that, you know, that's a public, uh, publicly traded company. They've got to file quarterly reports. There's a bit more transparency there. Um, but nonetheless, I've seen the Grim Reaper meme. I think you know where I'm talking about, where he's going, the Grim Reaper's going door to door and just slaying people. Um, and uh, the most recent one I've seen is, you know, Sam Bankman Fried just got the slash by the Grim Reaper that Coinbase is is next. So we'll see how deep this, um, you know, crypto carnage goes and gets. But last point, and then we will wrap up is, do you think, um, you know, positive oversight comes out of this. I know you've written a bunch about regulation and, and, and where some people want it to be totally unregulated. I think you've argued that, you know, some form of, of oversight is, is probably prudent to give um, larger institutional investors the confidence they need to put larger sums of money into uh, whatever cryptocurrencies or DeFi projects, et cetera. So um, do you think we see that as a result of this? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit, I'm a little worried that they may, regulators may come down hard on on crypto after this whole affair. Although it's it's important to remember that FTX was actually a, an international exchange headquartered in the Bahamas. Uh, Coinbase is actually a registered U.S. company, uh, you know, registered with the SEC and publicly traded. Um, and Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, was arguing that, hey, we're willing to comply with any regulations, but we've got no clear regulatory framework from the SEC or anyone else. So it seems like right now the SEC just kind of wants to run roughshod over the crypto industry and do whatever they want, singling out individual projects, you know, maybe taking on cases that they think they can easily win. But uh, yeah, that's what I do think that some kind of clear regulatory framework for, for crypto is necessary and that it really should come uh, from Congress legislatively, there are some some legislation being worked on now, but hopefully that'll get pushed forward and given more priority now that uh, so many people have lost money with FTX. Um, that's Chris Curl. He runs uh, Crypto Cycle. He's got a fifty thousand dollar real money portfolio that he's managing with uh, complete transparency, so you can see what he's buying and selling and. Uh, he writes to you every two weeks as well to to cover the markets and the things that are going on. You got anything else, Gerardo? No, I, I would add that as someone that's never speculated in the crypto space, Chris also has, with his service, you get phenomenal tutorials on the most basic terms all the way up to, you know, how to set up that wallet and how to secure it and safeguard it. And so... For anyone that's thinking about speculating in the space and then kind of senses there may be an opportunity here, but kind of like me is just afraid to get into the water, you know, not knowing the temperature. Um, if all you do is want to learn, the service is amazing at that as well. And I think that, that that should be noted because even for someone like me that hasn't allocated a dollar, it's worth its weight in gold just in the knowledge that I get from reading when I do take the time to do it. So, yeah, no, 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 no. Kudos to you, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, crazy times, interesting times, but opportunity in times like these as always, right? There's opportunity. I like it. Chris Curl, everybody. Thanks, guys. I'm supposed to say, check us out at dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe. Um, you can get free reports there as well, including uh, one that uh, Chris has written about the crypto space. So uh, we hope you check it out there. I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but I hope everybody has themselves a phenomenal week. 
I uh, hope everybody enjoyed this week's therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. It's only going to get more bizarre, everyone. I promise y'all. Wait till the bond market implodes. We'll be talking about that timestamp it. I'm Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Chris Curl and Mr. Nick Hodge. This has been number 194, Nick, therapy session 194 in, of Investing in Bizarro World. Take care, everybody. See ya. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.